Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Crohn's with myself, Jake, and Andy. Hello, listeners. What is happening, Mr. Williams? This is our last episode of season two. Bittersweet. Yeah. Flew by, hasn't it? It has, you know, mate. Considering we're doing it every two weeks, three weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, time flies, having fun, all that shit. Yeah, they're good. Um, nice chats. What have you uh, What have you been up to then, coming into the last episode from, what was our diagnosis, weren't it, with Nat and, Nat and Mike? What, what's been happening? Uh, Nat and Mike. Some restrictions uh, have lifted this week, haven't they? Yeah, restrictions have been lifted. Not that I've took mega, mega advantage, really. Um, last night, though, we did uh, have our first outdoor handball session, which was oh, really? really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Really nice to see faces. Um, some new faces, small faces. Um, and, yeah, just had a bit of bit of fun in the park, threw a ball about a bit. I, I didn't because my body's in bits. Um, but, yeah, just it was nice to see people. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little bit of different social interaction. Yeah. It's weird though, I think. I think this this it's a point. I mean, I think both of us are fairly sociable and we're good conversationally. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's it's a bit weird, isn't it? Sometimes being around people again. It's a tough one, you know, because like what do you <clears> say? <throat> like what, what you've been up to? Everyone's yeah. up to the same thing, nothing. I know it's a tough one because it is weird, but it isn't because I've been in schools again. Yeah. I was speaking to a head about this. The day, so obviously this week I've gone back to football. And for some strange reason, I thought I'd come out of retirement because I was that excited about doing something different than just sitting in the house. Uh, I'm absolutely struggling today after playing about two or three hours this week uh, and just legging it about like a, a kid. But it wasn't so much, you know what? The weirdness wasn't there for me. It was more. I remember turning up the other night to a training session for it was my boss's team. He said, "Oh, come down, man." Have a kick about. So I was like, yeah, we'll do actually. So I turned up at this school. Astro, they've got obviously a big Astro, then loads of netball courts, and it was just people everywhere. And it was more like it was like a smile on my face. I thought this is this is classes. Yeah. All outdoor, obviously, but netball is coming and going, and football is coming and going. But yeah, the weirdness. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange, but again, I just find it strange how like that can happen. But like, I can run around. A field with you know 10 20 of a lads playing football but I can't just sit outside in a pub and have a pint well it's 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 not to the kind of be be that sciencey guy but yeah the more like you to start necking someone aren't you give them a little cuddle with a beard <laughs> on your neck do you know what I mean and start encroaching on personal space yeah. Saying that playing football or playing handball, you're in people's personal space anyway, exactly. aren't you? Mm. So yeah, it's a bit arse about face. But it's um, been nice, hasn't it, to get out and a bit of fresh yeah. air, do something different. Yeah. Plus maybe we've waited a year to go for a bevy, another couple of weeks is not gonna you know No, no, not at all, not at all. Um yeah, so should Nah, not at all. I'll tell you what, I, I've got some big news since our last episode. Go ahead. Um Hit me. Mas- myself and well, I don't know if she's actually the head of media anymore. She's been like AWOL, hasn't she? For the whole of season two. 
Um, there's, there's, there's stuff going on behind the scenes there, mate. It's contractual nego- negotiations, yeah. obligations. Uh, yeah, HR involved. involved. Oh, yes. Yeah, scary times. But um, outside of the, the podcast, we're still quite close, actually, in relationships. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we bought a house. Oh, yes, lad. Uh, so that's uh, that's going through. Right. That is extremely exciting. Yeah, that's going through at the minute. All the uh, the surveys and solicitors and that, that biz. You know what? I was thinking while we're, not obviously while we do the podcast, but while I was doing the house thing, these are lessons that people should learn in school. Massively. Better. I did not, like, don't get me wrong, I, I think history is important, for example. You need to learn about certain parts of history. I think nowadays you should learn more about the modern history, what's going on in the world. But I didn't have a clue about right, some of the things that I thought were simple in my head weren't, and vice versa. Um, I couldn't agree more with you on the subject of school preparing young adults to live a successful life. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. It really doesn't. Um, and there's this, yeah, you just nailed it, mate. Um, you know, like the yeah, Tudors, for example. Do I need that in my life now, mate? We, it's yeah, it's great to know that you know Henry Ace did a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he bashed a few girls and that. Yeah, whatever. We all know that, but we don't need to know the detail of it. We don't need to know really how how rocks work and that <laughs> geography. No, tell uh, me how Henry the Eighth bought a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me how much he had to put down on his mortgage. And I, used to do the Latin, I, used to, I used to have to do Latin and Greek. See what I mean? Like that, that's... Now, I, now I can understand in a certain context because it can support English and stuff. But grand scheme of things, I'm not doing my life now. No, exactly. No. I understand in certain subjects. Algebra is always a big question that comes up. But for me, that's just yeah. like problem solving, isn't it? So you're learning how to solve problems, which happens in life. But yeah, I mean... Some are just like, do I need to know about that? Really? Should be specialist subjects, isn't it? Where when you go to college or uni, that's where you touch on it more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, buying a house, mate, it's, it's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Take that box, mate. Well done. I think the weird thing is <clears throat> since it's the last 12 months, for example, people have had quite a bad time, haven't they? But yeah. I think we touched on it, didn't we, after maybe the 31-day challenge. I'll look back on this year and also remember it's been weird, but I've quite enjoyed it. You know, we've started this. We've raised money for charity, bought, I've bought a house now. So there's been a lot of positives, which... We have fun. We have fun memories, mate, don't we? Uh, yeah. Everyone's not in the same boat, but hopefully we've been able to, you know, support other people out there that, that might not have as, as many fun memories as us. Yeah. You know, and, and make them laugh once a week. You know, that'd be nice to know about. Yeah. Nice that people um, listen to us talk shit all over the world as well. Just to add. <laughs> just to top that in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the good news, Andy, <clears throat> is um, we have got plans, out for a season three. Dum, dum, dum. Um, but we'll touch on that later, won't we? After we've got our guest on that. We'll, we'll touch on it, but we have got plans. Yeah. Um, correct. Correct, correct. Season three. So there's, there's more things 
coming from us. Watch this space. Yes. Um, before we get this week's guest on, another um, really exciting episode, Teenagers. We've kind of kept this one under wraps, haven't we? We've always known we yeah. want this episode at the end of season two for a reason, which we're going to touch on throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, but it's also something which is quite close to our heart in terms of probably a time where we had maybe our biggest struggles, didn't we, as teenagers, I'd say. Yeah. Just with everything else so. going on in our lives, everything changing. Um, yeah, but before we get the guest on, we have, we have been unindated um, and with our busy lives. It's, it's been a struggle to sieve through them all and, and find our best Pune. So we're going to actually just let Andy read one out because <laughs> apparently it's <laughs> the best ever. <laughs> it's going to knock your socks off. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> New genetic clues to Crohn's disease unravel in Edinburgh hotspot. Oh. So, this article's from the Herald, uh, which is a Scottish publication released quite recently, 15th of March. Researchers have unraveled new clues to help explain why a particular genetic mutation is more common in people with Crohn's disease. Around 260 genes are associated with an increased uh, risk of uh, IBD, although there is no single genetic mutation which triggers onset. Environmental factors such as air pollution, infections, or lifestyle factors such as smoking and diet uh, can also play a part. However, this is where it gets a bit sciencey. So bear with me, all right. However, a mutation in gene in a gene known as PTGER4 is more frequently found in people with Crohn's disease, and until now, scientists were unsure why. So, goes on to say, name a few little scientists that have got like mad names. I don't really know who they are, but basically at Edinburgh's University Centre for Inflammation Research. They say the autoimmune disorder is like a big jigsaw puzzle. It's not quite like cystic fibrosis where a single disease causing the variant, uh, so you can identify a patient with a mutation. Uh, every healthy person within the population will carry changes in their genes, in this gene. Uh, but we do find that people with Crohn's have a slightly higher frequency. Um, of the 260 genes that are associated with Crohn's, uh, this is the third strongest on the basis of st statistical association. So we know that this is very closely linked to Crohn's, uh, as we previously didn't know how it works. Get on this. Edinburgh was previously identified as the world hotspot or IBD. Mate, we've got a visit. We've got to go, mate. We've got to go on the list. Put on the list. That has and got now. to be our first like podcast we record together in Edinburgh somewhere. 
talking Crohn's on the road. And the, yeah, and the guest that we get on is from Edinburgh. There you go. What in 125 people in the capital suffer from IBD? Wow. One in 125. That's mad, that. Yeah, and it's predicted to rise to one in 98 by the end of the 2029. Wow. Insane. Um, I'm just scrolling through because it, it goes a bit more. If you want. Uh, they're able to demonstrate that, that the gene influences uh, a prost glanade, which is a type of fatty chemical which is normally protects the guts um, and other organs called PGE2. Instead of disrupting the gut microbacteria, the bacteria need to keep the digestive system healthy and reduce the function of the immune cell called the regulatory T cells, which normally suppress other immune cells to prevent autoimmune disorders. This results in intestinal inflammation as the gut comes under attack. However, he put this on mice. However, when mice in the study were given non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs to block the PGE2, this was shown to increase the level of beneficial microbes in their gut, promoting the regulatory T cells and limiting intestinal inflammation. They hope now to progress the research using the immune cells collected from human Crohn's patients with a view to developing a new therapy which can block this PGE2 cell. This would be a major breakthrough in the treatment of the disease which relies on medications to suppress the immune system. Uh, and which cause, you know, unnecessary and unpleasant um, side effects. Love it. Groundbreaking, lad. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. That's like, that's not just poo news, that's breaking poo news, isn't it? And it's literally two weeks ago. Yeah. This was published. Which is great. You know, so, you know, we might not get something out of it in the next couple of years, but, you know, maybe in... Five to ten years, there could be some really big changes in the treatment of, yeah. of IBD. I mean, maybe we could have a little uh, Instagram search of a couple of them wild scientist names, get them on. Oh, um, but I hope, um, I mean, I hope I'm in the same boat as quite a few of our listeners here because I'll be honest, there were some words in that article I did not understand. I thought you said C3PO about seven times. <laughs> <laughs> It was a bit mad, wasn't it? It's got loads of funny little words in there. But basically, yeah, they're doing some sciencey bits, and it's gonna hopefully at the minute the testing is going well in putting a case forward for IBD patients to um, suppress the inflammation by sounds of things. Yeah, so not cure it just yet, but just suppress it, which is big breakthrough in it. Massively, massive big breakthrough. Massive. Just shows that people out there who are doing a bit of fundraising and supporting, your money's going towards Definitely. these science dudes and girls, you know, yeah. figuring out how to treat us. Definitely, mate. Definitely. You know, it's amazing. Um, did the rats have Crohn's? Didn't say. Be interesting, wouldn't it? Do animals yeah. have Crohn's or colitis? Mental, good question. <laughs> Got me again. Uh, <laughs> good question. That's, this is how like, like shocking our podcast is. We've just 
found a breakthrough there, so dead serious that we probably should touch on and talk about how it could affect us or affect you know people being diagnosed. And I'm more interested in did the rats that assessed have IBD, <laughs> and do, is there any animals out there? <laughs> if you it do know be, of any, what what do you reckon the the animal that would uh, be like the worst to suffer an IBD? Like, uh, like who would have the smelliest poos from? animal that had IBD oh mate it's got to be like me and my dad were in Thailand we obviously about three years ago and we did the old went to like this uh, charity place to, to wash the elephants and help yeah. feed them and look after them for the day and there's some stat about them that I, I'm, might be, I'm not making it up I'm, I'm not making the figures up here but they poo for like an hour of their day or something mad yeah they've got to be they, they're be massive good. so they've got to be yeah that's got to be up there. Like if they had the rooms, that's you're in serious trouble. You're in trouble there. I was thinking more like a blue whale, like they would uh, cause some damage. Oh, I imagine um, that. Or any sort of um, bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking we had like a monkey then swinging across the trees, but a bird's <laughs> yeah. worse in it. Like mid-flight. Yeah. Oh, I've got to go. And if a bird's got to go, we've got to go. Um, you're not stopping that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cars and footpaths and stuff that just stink, wouldn't they? Yeah. Crony wow. bird. <laughs> um, well, Andy, honestly, that's some great news to finish the second season on. Yeah. Um, should we get a? Should we get our guest on? Yes, please. Happy days. Do this. Okay, so we would like to welcome our final guest on our final episode. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Hiya. Hello. Pleasure to have you. I've done the bio this week, I am the off straight away. The bio king is back. <clears throat> well, he's not really. He's, he's turned into the <laughs> you. Normally I'm like a bit of a creepy bio man that does go looking for the facts and figures, but you just told me to just ask the guests because that's what you do. Um, so, Taylor is 20 years old. You are from Farnborough in Hampshire. You've been suffering for, with IBD for a number of years, but finally been diagnosed in January this year. Yeah. Um, you've got ileo colonic Crohn's disease mm-hmm. um, we might have to find out a bit more about that Andy had a menu on the last episode so <laughs> is it on the menu Andy? I, I don't think that was on the menu to be honest it? <laughs> no. here's the exciting bit kind of away from the crony stuff Taylor is a police investigator which yeah. I find very exciting because I, I started line of duty two weeks ago and I went to season six <laughs> let, me, let me tell you are you corrupt Taylor? <laughs> I'm not crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ted. Ted's the best. But we better clear this up, aren't we, before we start the episode. The three of us, uh, for all the people listening now, the three of us do realise that someone that's 20 is no longer a teenager. Um, but we reached out uh, to Taylor because she suffered with IBD through her teenage years. Uh, I'm right in saying, which we'll probably touch on, 
within this episode that if it wasn't for COVID and the lockdown things, Taylor probably would have got diagnosed in her teenage years. Um, But I think for me and Andy, it's, you know, it's just another guest that's kind of brave, especially at this age, to come on and kind of share their story, share their thoughts about, I suppose, teenagers are group and into it. Um, It's something quite important to us. It's the reason we've saved it for this last episode. It's the years where I think we've mentioned on more than one occasion, listeners are probably bored of it, but it's the years where me and Andy struggled the most. Uh, maybe not struggled with our IBD, but just struggled with everything else, weren't it, Andy? The social aspects of life, uh, meeting new friends, starting school, college, university, um, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah. Taylor, thank you for coming on. That's all right. So we'll kick things off with um, probably a question, which me and Andy kind of had the first thoughts of with kind of, I suppose, the current teenagers and kind of Mike touched on it on the last episode, our guest, about the access that anybody and everybody has now to, I suppose, finding out anything and everything at the touch Mm -hmm. of a phone. Whereas when me and Andy were teenagers, we had to, I suppose, rely on our parents to kind of ask the questions but also we had to kind of get the information from the hospital. So with yourself, you know, the, the years before your diagnosis, was that quite that daunting that you could just kind of Google what you were going yeah, through? And- I think that was the scary thing is you could type in all your symptoms and obviously it comes up with the worst thing. I think that's sort of scary. But what is good is how um, obviously you've got that access there. You've got all the websites. It literally got all... Um, the information that you really need it's kind of scary but it's accessible it's really good having the having the access have you found it easier uh to be able to talk about it and reach out to more people because you kind of know 100%. more about it. right 100 yeah. so i um joined quite a few of the facebook groups the ibd support groups and from there i've grown like a community of like young teenage girls which I regularly chat to. Obviously, we have no idea who each other are, but our Crohn's and colitis has kind of brought us together. Yeah, I think that's like me and you, Andy, isn't it, really? I mean, we obviously had more than just Crohn's, like our families are friends <laughs> and stuff, but it was always nice to have somebody there. Um, 100%, yeah. And we've been blown away by kind of, the, I suppose, the, the IBD family, as people call it, on social media. So mm. even though it can have its negative of Googling and going, oh my God, what's what's happening to me? Having people uh, opening up, yourself, for example, you know, you've got your personal Instagram, but then you've got a Crohn's one. So yeah. some, if somebody got diagnosed next week and found your Crohn's one, that's probably inspiring for them to go, oh, actually, it is, it is okay to kind of talk about it um, and I yeah. suppose show it off in a way. Yeah, I mean, it was worrying at start thinking what people would think of you, obviously being a teenager and stuff. Um, you get judged and things these days but it, it helps other people so that kind of aspect takes away from that yeah definitely definitely did your symptoms start then my writing thing was it college time or was it yeah still so school? I was I think I was in my second year of college um and obviously that was really hard because you're constantly going to the toilet like missing your lessons and stuff which is kind of embarrassing but um and no one really understood really because I felt like it was just me at that stage I didn't know anyone else who had it and I didn't know what it was obviously at that stage so I just 
Yeah. That's the, uh, I think, Andy, one of your embarrassing moments, Andy, weren't it? True reminiscent. Yours was, was it the throwing the, uh, the wet toilet things over the, the toilet in school? <laughs> that was, you. was that me? That what was, was yours? Yeah, that was you, Dad. Um, I can't remember it's that long. My ago. worst, I, um, my, my most embarrassing was the Ensure Plus, weren't it? I used to I'm take, I used to have to take like three, I used to put it in one of my sport bottles, uh, three oh, bottles of it in one, yeah. and just sip that all day. Yeah. People are like, he's not had a damn sandwich today. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, going, going to the toilet in school is, is a daunting prospect. Yeah. You don't even want to go in there, the smell, yeah. the look of it. Um, it's like the people, like it's the, it's the knowing or the not knowing what someone else is thinking yeah. about you spending more than, say, 60 seconds in a toilet, you know, and that for a kid is blown out of proportion, isn't it? Mm. It's all in your head. And mm-hmm. like you're thinking, oh yeah, Jeff over there is thinking off on a big, big dump. <laughs> but like Jeff's, Jeff's got his mind in like, he's eating a swell, you know what I mean? He doesn't care about you going to the toilet. <laughs> So it's all in your head, isn't it, as a kid? It's the worst going back into the class as well. Yeah. Knowing and like you don't know if anyone else knows. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get support? I know what you've just done. So did you get support from your college? Did you make them aware or did you just no, no, I kept it quite to myself for like the first year or two. I kept right. it to myself. I didn't really speak to anyone about it because obviously I, I had no idea what it was. And then I, eventually I went to the doctors. Um, I think it was after two years of probably suffering. And yeah, I went to the doctors and right. that's where it all started. Right, okay. Also, you just tried to think, were you just thinking this is something that's happening? I didn't know it's what it was, serious. yeah. Yeah, it's not too going, serious. Right, and I then see. gradually it got worse over the years where it was like, I'd be going to the toilet a lot more each day and it was just getting to the point where I thought this is just not normal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you touched on earlier about um, the being judged thing. I think mm. for me and Andy, like you say, Andy, it was, it was in the back of your mind, weren't it, when we were young? Yeah. But I do think now, especially with things like social media and everything yeah. else that's going on in the world, teenagers are, like, are judged by the peers yeah. for every little deep detail um and I think kind of growing up or going through a diagnosis it will be very daunting of who can I I suppose who can I trust who can I talk to about it um mm. you know the first person I probably told of one of my mates I I still keep in touch with but it's very loosely we, we speak every now and again that I went to yeah. school with so I think it's kind of like you know at, at what point do I trust the people I'm in college with to say listen I'm going through these problems um because me and Andy get the picture don't we and on social media all these young people just tell everybody because <laughs> it seems like everybody's so brave and open so it's yeah. quite refreshing to hear you say you know you're similar towards in the sense that actually I'm gonna mm. keep this to myself and mm. just try and um try and get through it as best I can yeah. so to speak Definitely, because I think what, for me, I didn't know what it was. So I think that was why I kept it to myself so much. But now I actually know what it is. I'd like to spread that awareness. So your diagnosis started then, obviously, when you went to doctors. You're out of college now. Yes, I was out of college. I 
think I was still in my um, kind of like college job. I used to work at M&S. Right. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I went to the doctors. And even then, it did take quite a while, quite a lot of tests and quite a lot of different things they thought, like celiac or things like that, um, and just general allergies from foods. And then it kindly got um, taken seriously. And then that's when I was um, referred to the gastro. What do you think, Taylor? What was the like the tipping point or you know breaking point of where it went from doctors kind of saying, okay, well, we'll test this, test this, and then you're like, actually, you know what, light bulb moment, it's going to be IBD. What 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 was that? What, what was there a moment or a test that happened? That it there? was the. Um... The it was a stool sample they take to test the I think it's the inflammatory markers, um, and that I think the normal is supposed to be like below fifty, and mine was like one thousand five hundred or something. And then they, that's when they were like, "Oh, okay, this is serious." And then they referred me, which was a kind of a scary moment for me because I hadn't been in hospital throughout my whole life. That so I've got quite a phobia of hospital now I'm in there every week <laughs> um so that's kind of that's a positive from what I've taken from it is I've got over my phobia of that um but yeah that was a scary moment for me it's mad to think that like what what why is not a test that doctors are using mm. like fairly early on rather than going well you know we just do a little blood test here and then we'll check for allergies and then We'll do this and do that. But I, I, it's one thing I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, you know. So in terms of you going to hospital then, like, what was that process like? So did your GP refer you to a specialist at, at a hospital, or um, how did that kind of go? Yeah. So I, then I was just referred to the gastroenterologist, um, and that I didn't actually see anyone because this is um at the beginning of last year so this was during Covid so it was quite um tough um I had a flexible sigmoidoscopy to start with um and I think that's where they kind of saw the information and then it was a, a quite a few months actually till I had my colonoscopy and then I had an MRI but this literally I this the first one was in March and the last one was in November so it was a massive gap and obviously I was struggling every day yeah 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 what what how did you find totally I suppose not off topic but a bit more of a joke how did you find the drink you have to take for a colonoscopy oh god don't (laughs) don't don't PTSD when I think of that honestly It's horrible. I think Honestly. the worst one, <laughs> the worst one was because my flexible sigmoidoscopy, I had to do the enema first and that didn't work at home. Got to the hospital, they tried to go up there, were like, definitely not clear. Did another one, stuck me in a room. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget having that as a kid. I was always like, this is like, this is disgusting. Then as I kind of got older, I suppose into the teenage years and started university I always remember thinking but now I've started kind of going out drinking and having these random shots uh mm. for the tequila by Andy, for example in Liverpool once you've been in there you think well this colonoscopy drink can't be as bad as that so 
when it comes round to like my next time, I'll, I'll be fine. And I'll never forget the first time I had a colonoscopy after I'd started drinking and it was still as bad. Um, mm. My stepdad had to go in for one a, f- a few years ago when I was living away. And I remember him texting me saying, right, I, I can kind of vouch of what you went through. Because as a kid once, <laughs> he was looking after me when my mum was working. I was having a drink and I was in mm. tears like, Billy, I can't drink it. It's disgusting. I was like throwing it up and stuff. And he was like, yeah kind of having a goal saying you've got to have this you've got to drink it like drink it now <laughs> then he'd come back to me and was like it's bad though isn't it I was like yeah it is. <laughs> I don't I don't think people realize how no. bad it is because my dad did the same I was sat there drinking it throwing out crying my eyes out and he was like what are you doing it's nothing <laughs> I was like wait till you have to do that one day it is not yeah. nothing <laughs> it's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball in and say I prefer doing the drink prep to having an enemy oh like, really yeah i'm like yeah. the total no i'm not i don't thrive <laughs> under the drink you know what i mean i'm not like give me more. <laughs> i'm not i'm not that guy i'm not a sadist but i i'd, I'd prefer doing the drink than than having some stuff up my bum see I, yeah i mean i wouldn't prefer either one but <laughs> i was on i was on enemas as medication weren't i for like no, towards pistols oh. yeah uh, <laughs> my dad said they were water pistols and all this so i probably prefer the enemas because i've had i had them for i think it was about 12 months um, i mean that was a strange time as well it's good job that was only family in my house i would just like lie down and like, yeah, get on with the, the medicine Well, touch on Taylor, you mentioned it earlier, kind of the group you have, you know, now of, I suppose teenagers don't know. That's one of the fascinations for me and Andy is it seems like the teenagers of the IBD kind of community don't solely maybe rely on the parents as much as we did. You know, I imagine your parents are great, support you, you know, as all parents do. But I, I we just kind of see uh, this, I suppose, independence of teenagers going out to find out more. Uh, link like you have with other teenagers how, is it, how important is that now for you a hundred percent important because I, obviously I was going through um, diagnosis and everything whilst um, COVID so I had to do everything by myself I wasn't allowed anyone in the hospital with me so I think that's what kind of steered it off is I was the one getting all the information from the doctors not my dad um so yeah and then when I got that I just thought I might as well see if there's any other people that are kind of around my age and suffering and there was a group of girls that now I've got from these groups um where we just check on each other regularly like weekly just to check how each one another's doing how our meds are doing and I think it's really important it's amazing how how big Taylor's that community like how many how many girls are on that group I think I've got about 10 girls in there so it's yeah it's but would I'd like Probably. to grow it <laughs> yeah no oh, that's ace yeah I mean if 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 there was say for example if there's like parents or uh, brothers or sisters or cousins listening to this what would they have to search on Facebook to, to say find you um on Facebook, um, I don't know, I'm I'm in the groups, you know, the Crohn's and Colitis UK support group, massive group, and they're really supportive. Anytime you've got an issue, really, just chuck it in the group and then there's yeah. so many other people that are out there. Yeah, yeah. I think there's one on Instagram, isn't there, Andy, where you can 
ask a question, any question, questions, and they don't put oh, your yeah. name. Then all the comments and the yeah. answers, it's just little things yeah, like that. It's, that's a handy one. Um, that's like a handy one. I think, especially for teenagers, obviously for anyone, but it's saving the embarrassment sometimes of questions yeah. which are not embarrassing, but at the time to you, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. You go I remember it. thinking of questions back. I'd think about them like a few years ago and I'd think, oh my God, I'd never want to ask anyone that because it's just so embarrassing. But now it just doesn't faze me because I don't see any stigma around it anymore. No, no. It's funny to... Yeah, it's I everyday like, life. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the poop. Also, when people talk about poop, it's always like, either comedy about it, it's like a serious, it's people are uncomfortable about it. But I mean, yeah. we, we've all been in the same boat where as soon as you turn up, to the hospital, the first question is like, how's your stools? And it's like, who yeah. that? Like, how is that? Don't <laughs> even say hello. <laughs> um, but no, it is normalised. It's funny you say, um, we touched on it on an earlier episode with Brian, didn't we, Andy? She mentioned it on the episode. And it's funny you say to her, you kind of mentioned it here with the, the community you've got. Me and Andy have actually got a plan, which has been we've been working at Andy Watt for three, maybe four months. Yeah. Um, probably since Christmas. It's still in kind of early stages. But what we want to do is because um, we want to basically create, um, I suppose, a bit of a safe place, isn't it, Andy, for a, a platform for teenagers to connect uh, with other people with IBD um, and allow them to support each other through kind of the journey so the the way we look at it is a lot of the kind of feedback we've had which has blown us away is about kind of me and Andy having each other so we want to kind of create something where teenagers can have the opportunity to have a Jacob and Andy and it sounds like you've got 10 of them which is uh <laughs> which is amazing to hear but um yeah the platform we we want to start is based to connect people the similar age but through their interest they have, the hobbies, and not just because they have IBD. So, you know, you can get to know someone because you have the same interest. And in turn, when you're going through uh, a bad time with medication um, or a bad time with being in and out of the hospital, for example, uh, you, you can reach out to them and ask them, no, have you tried this medication yet? Did it work for you? No, well, it's working for me. Um, we've got two names. Should we let Taylor just choose a name? Now, Andy. Pretty big, right. That's a pretty big responsibility, isn't it? <laughs> I know, but... I mean, we can certainly kind of put the boat out there and we have a, a voting system going on. And, Police you know. investigator by day and then <laughs> choose by night. <laughs> so we've got our favourite because it's based this, Taylor, on um, a thing that we did. Uh, I don't know if schools still do it. I actually don't. Uh, we did it in primary school, I think, Andy, we called Pen Pals. So he'd reach out mm -hmm. to somebody on the other side of the world and you'd be writing letters. Um, my pen pal, I don't know who they are, but never kept in touch. Um, I, I imagine some pen pals have stayed friends forever, but it's a strange concept when you're in like year three. So mm -hmm. we had uh, poo pals, but then we had, which uh, me and Andy found very funny, but we, we were told <laughs> by uh, a Crohn's and Colitis UK that some people might not like the uh the poo side of the name um so they suggested ibd buddies what are your I mean, first thoughts i'd say poo pals just because it i think it sounds better <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> amazing 
Yeah, decided. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> We've even got like logos, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, Already, you love it. I don't think we'll have, we'll have to send it to you, Taylor. Though, but I've not got yeah. it on my phone to show you here. But yeah. basically, the essence of it all is we, we want to give obviously people that opportunity to have a Jake or an Andy. Um, and whether we know now teenagers, are, are, I mean, I doubt they write letters to each other, but they'll have mm. things like social media, phones, and stuff. So it's their choice of just communicating. We want to kind of set it up, and it's not anything to do with, I suppose, the podcast. We want it. We want to set it up, and they kind of, I suppose, register in a way. And then, mm. you know, we introduce them and kind of let them be. Obviously, we'd probably touch base after so many months to find out if it's actually worked. But do you think it's something which would help teenagers, I suppose, deal with their IBD? 100%. And not even that is knowing how you both struggle, but also not making that a main conversation, like you say, have talking about your other hobbies and stuff like that. Just so, you know... They're not just there to talk about IBD. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, we were saying, I don't know about yourself now, um, in terms of maybe your, I suppose, your friend circle in, in normal life or you, you know, mm. your, your group that you've got um, of girls that suffer with IBD. But we've always said that at certain times it's easier to speak to friends. Like it's been easier in certain times for me to speak to Andy than it has to speak to my parents about mm. my IBD. Yeah. Um, I think with yourself, it's it's quite apparent that, you know, I'd have definitely struggled. It would probably blow my head off if I'd have had to go to the hospital on my own and mm. deal with the diagnosis and things like that. And not having a parent there to kind yeah. of listen to what the doctor's saying. Because I think sometimes yeah. I used to just lie there and <laughs> let my dad do all the talking and my mum do all the talking. Yeah, especially straight after a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's down to like you know the the level of information that's accessible for people this day and age. Because I think information's so much readily available, people soak it in more. Then people are just well more informed than we were when we were 13, 14, 15, mate. Yeah. You know, and I think that's had a uh, some type of positive and also a, potentially a negative effect on the independence and the maturity of you know, youths, teenagers, you know, it's, it's great in some respects, but then, you know, it may also have some sort of negative connotations in other ways. But I suppose in our context around, you know, supporting people and, and making people feel aware and more informed about IBD, you know, and connecting people, mm. I can only see, you know, people out there who are supporting others with IBD. It's a, it's a positive thing. Yeah, you know, mm. it's it's boss, um, and it's great that you're on with us today, say, and it's great that other young people are able to feel comfortable and confident mm. around opening up. It's so important. Like it's not just we. I, I I bring this up on a regular case. It's not just the physical effect of IBD on your body. It's it's the mental mm. effect on your body. You know, and you know it's 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 liberating to speak to someone. And also speak with someone who knows exactly what you've been going through. Mm. Yeah, so. definitely. What's yeah. been, um, I suppose, the biggest change for you to, in, I suppose, your teenage years of, I mean, we, we all sometimes joke about it and we say, but from kind of normal life to suffering with IBD, 
or going through the process of being diagnosed? What was like one of the biggest things where you, I'm not supposed struggled with, but it was like a, a shock to the system. Um, I don't know. Just I think just doing everything by myself, like the hospital visits and everything. It was just such a hard time for me. Um, but obviously, I'm so much more grateful now that I actually know what it is and I have access to everything that I need um, and people to talk to. I think that's the main thing. But yeah, doing everything by yourself, especially as a teenager, it's not the best thing. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it's like, like growing up on fast forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, but one thing it did, it made me a lot more confident in myself. So yeah positives yeah positive yeah, I think not look at the negatives look at yeah, the positives. yeah how have you found managing um at a young age then you know managing I suppose like work life social life and things like that has that changed or is that I mean it sounds like because your confidence has grown by managing it or learning the early stages of managing it alone are you as confident as well going into work and telling people or telling close friends that don't suffer with IBD? Yeah, I don't talk about it as openly, maybe, but I still let them know. And obviously, I think it's important to let them know of it because some days, obviously, you don't feel up to like if you've made plans, sometimes you have to cancel it at last minute because you're having a bad day. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's that's something only we didn't do, isn't it? <laughs> no. um which yeah. you just saying that like you know yeah. the, the, kind of obviously they need to know if you've made plans and you know you cancel mm. it and essentially it's not the end of the world but i think i was just so afraid of telling friends so scared mm. of what they think and at the end of the day i think we said it on a number of episodes they care but in a good way so they don't really care yeah. in the sense of like then they're not, it doesn't change their life, the fact that you've got IBD. They're just now become part of your support system. So if you are being a bit quiet, they probably, you know, reach out to check. Are you okay, essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something which probably a hurdle it took me and Andy similar time to get over mm-hmm. uh, in terms of reaching out to people without. Uh, I think that's where we've been blown away, haven't we, Andy, with, the social media pages and people kind of just reach out to everybody and anybody. It's amazing. So Taylor, we asked you, um, well, I would like to say we asked you before you came on the podcast, but uh, a true Andy style, he asked you right at the beginning of the podcast. Nice one, Jay. But we've been asking our guests, um, that feel comfortable to, uh, as Andy likes to say, you know, take the, the stigma away from poo, um, for their poo, poo stories. What do we call Famous poo, weren't it? Famous poo. Um, and you are willing to share. The, the funny thing is you, this is the first a world exclusive of where uh, Taylor is not sharing a story of, about herself. You are... I believe I'm throwing family member <laughs> under the bus. Um, <laughs> so the floor is yours. Um, uh, one of my family friends who actually has Crohn's, um, she was, I think she was stuck in some traffic on her way home from work. 
very desperate for the toilet um, and she didn't make it in time. She had jeans on. It wasn't, it wasn't a hard stool. <laughs> it, <laughs> I think actually her jeans actually got stuck to her. Um, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't uh, pleasant. Short and sweet. Straight to the shower. <laughs> oh, man. Now, okay, so let's pick this apart a little bit then. So she was on the bus. No, she was in no. her car, her personal car. Oh, she's in a car, sorry. Yeah, sorry, she's in the car. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, with her jeans, blue, black, white. I don't white. know. I'd, hopefully not white. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's binned as well. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Okay. I, I've been there. Maybe okay. not, not to the extent where <laughs> they've stuck to me and things like that. But yeah, I, I've been yeah. I've been in situations before where I've not had the time. And they, you know, we've said out there that the Lee Coopers have been binned. Hopefully, she yeah. had some Lee Coopers on <laughs> to go with them jeans. Um, I have had it where I've like any like if I missed a few more minutes, it would have happened. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a run it's a run to the toilet. I mean, a very short, sweet, but everybody knows from that famous poo what what went on. No background <laughs> to this family member, just straight in car too late, pooed in jeans, got a shower, peeled the jeans off. It's interesting to hear though a question we've not asked today actually, which is a a big question, isn't it, Andrew? When we were younger and we got diagnosed. Uh, you know, we I knew apart from Andy, I didn't know anybody else. Mm. Um, but you've got a family member that suffers. Yeah, I've actually got a few people. I've got um my best friend who I, we weren't really close, but since I knew that she has colitis, we're literally like best friends now. So it's kind of like a Andy or a um yeah the poo crew. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a poo crew. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I actually have quite a few people, which I found really surprising because when I first heard the word Crohn's or colitis, I didn't actually know anyone until you no. kind of share it out there and then you realise how many people do actually suffer. Yeah, yeah. Has that made... Um, I don't know if you'll... Like, see, I've seen it a lot as, like, when I was a teenager, like, the, the stress on my parents. Um and obviously, I th- I'm, I'm maybe jumping the gun here, but I don't know if your parents are kind of, they'll still be as, as stressed because it's, you know, the daughter going through something which they wouldn't like, but you're, you sound so independent managing yourself. But do you think that the fact that you've got a family member and friends that suffer from it makes them, allows them to understand it a bit more in the sense of, you know, this isn't the end of the world. My, my child yeah. can manage it. We can support her to manage it. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely knowing more there's more people out there then it's more manageable it's not yeah. the end of the world like you say because we had uh, a question that I always got asked when I was in hospital was about any family members that suffered, suffered from it and no one yeah. had yeah. so the doctors kind of always like you know, how how did it start so to speak no there, there, there's definitely that genetic disposition isn't there to the potential of Crohn's and we discussed earlier mate, in, our, in our poo news you know, there's, there's the genes play a massive part in. Well, <laughs> more weight, more, more weight on one. Yeah. <laughs> in IBD. 
Um, that was a nice little uh, connection. Uh, Love that. Yeah. But yeah. I think the big question I get a lot though is um like why why did it happen like what how did it start and I'd love to know but I'm still asking I'm still asking um it's funny though because I think as a teenager and being diagnosed I I, I imagine Taylor kind of later on in your life it it will be just a norm to one of the questions me and Andy Mm. always ask is people that get diagnosed that are maybe our age or older I just feel like that shocks the system and that change of things in the life. Whereas yourself, obviously, you know, you've, a lot's gone on in your life in terms of school and social life and things and going on holiday, but now you're going to grow with it. Um, mm. And, you know, but believe me, if you kind of listen to the doctors and trust, I suppose Andy always said on a few earlier episodes, kind of trusting your body. And, mm. you know, it sounds like you do that already by, you know, yeah. if, if you're having a bad day, you cancel plans for your friends. Um, I think growing with it, that question of where did it come from now to me is more just like a, a funny question because <laughs> I don't know life without it. Um, yeah. But looking at my friends around me that don't have IVG, my life is just as normal as theirs, apart from mm. I spend a, f- a few extra minutes on the toilet a day probably, which, <laughs> you know, isn't the worst thing. Um, but thank you again for, for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, sharing your story, it has been interesting. Um, you know, we weren't going to put you under the pressure of speaking for all the teenagers in the world, but just getting a glimpse of, I suppose, teenagers now in terms of the independence they have and um, the access they have to go and find out more. And I suppose that finding information is clearly outside of having IBD has grown your confidence um, and things like that. So. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, I'm made up to hear that you, you're connected to other kind of teenage girls and you're supporting them. That's amazing. You know, and, and, and credit to yourself. Keep doing it. Um, and I'm sure you can inspire others. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. You'll be the uh, be the face of Poo Pals for us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Say you going to push Poo Pals for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Perfect. Thanks very much, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah, take it easy. Bye. So there we have it, Andy. That was the last episode of season two. Um, wild. Wild, yeah. Um, little quick one, though. Mm. Off recording. Taylor's best mate is your cousin. That is just mind blowing. Now I'm my head Yeah, aware, aware of a situation where yeah, me uncle had mentioned that he got me cousin knew I've got a mate who's got Crohn's and she'd listened to the podcast. Didn't know it was going to be Taylor. That's just like and that's like, when we reached out to. It's mad. Like she didn't reach out to us knowing that. I, 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 my mind's blown. Yeah. Small world. I love it. I love those little, uh, uh, the last episode and uh, like, it's like we planned it but we haven't planned it at all. Promise. Yeah. yeah. Like, Promise you. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no much. Please wait. leave us. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, whirlwind, whirlwind uh, season though, season two. 
Yeah. Totally different season one because we've had a guest on every episode. Um, we, we've kept, obviously, the theme of a topic each week, which we think has, have been, I suppose, quite relatable to everyday life or the people we've had on, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed. What's your, any standout moments, Andy? Any poo news that has blown you away? Pretty happy with this poo news. Happy with also yeah. the uh, the um, poo big and making houses. That was pretty. I was about to say that's if I had to choose a favourite, yeah. um, I'd probably be very biased and choose my own because I liked the Christmas poo. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did like the, the poo, the poo houses. Yeah, we it's are. Weird. Yeah, we're yeah. destined to be like to live in a poo house, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then we've had some quality guests, haven't we? Sharing their stories uh, and sharing what they've done from Monty Taylor. Um, Teenager opening up, being very brave to um, to Max doing his his uh, fundraising, the charity. Uh, I mean, we could go through them all, couldn't we? Quite easily, but they've all been. Yeah, I think I think high for me, mate. I'd say yeah, vaccine was great. I hope we've been able to kind of support people there. Um, yeah, the parents one was really interesting as well. Yeah, um, and like yeah, I think the diagnosis will certainly. Uh, be able to to connect us to new people, you know, yeah. and that will definitely support a lot, a lot of people, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, they've all been uh, fascinating in their own right. Uh, I think the mad thing is we've had a couple of long episodes, haven't we, in season two? But what's the actual recording was even longer than the episode, right? We have had to edit quite a lot out. So some of the stories we've heard and some of the the things they've spoke about, it's like blown us away uh, in terms of maybe their knowledge of IBD, what they're going through, what the children are going through, how they're being supported, who they're supporting. So, yeah, there's a lot of people out there doing good bits. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But finish on some good news as well. There is going to be a season three, isn't there, Andy? Yeah, baby. Do this. If you want to be part of it, get in touch. Yeah, please. Um, please get in touch. Season three is going to be called Talking Crohn's Stories. And essentially, uh, there's not just going to be 10 episodes, is there? There's going to be as many episodes as the people want. Um, yeah. We're hoping to go back to uh, weekly episodes. Uh, that depends on the commitments of myself and Andy in terms of outside of the podcast. We do actually have a job, believe it or not. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, and also of the guests as well. But yeah, Talking Crone Stories, essentially me and Andy are going to put together uh, six to probably eight questions out there, Andy. Uh, short, sharp, 30-minute episodes, new guests every episode, the exact same questions with what we imagine will be very different answers because every person's IBD journey is different. Um, so if you want to be a part of it, please get in touch. We're gonna gonna promote this on our social page out the end there. We're gonna get it on our story. So if you through the story or through the social pages, 
drop us a message. We want everybody, anybody, you know, we want the, the man that got diagnosed last week or the woman that's had uh, been a crony for 70 years. Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah. And if you are a listener that hasn't got IBD and you've got a friend that has got it handy, like Alice, reach out to them and say, get in touch with them too. Idiots. Yes. Talk about poo. That's some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk shit with them. Um, but uh, thank you again, everybody that listens, messages us. Um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It? And we appreciate all the kind words that people have said about, about the work we only do. We didn't realise the effect the podcast has on a number of people, uh, but we're glad we could, you know, we, we could help in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, keep uh, keep in touch, guys and girls. Keep safe. Keep wiping. And um, yeah, we'll see you soon. Ciao for now. <laughs>